Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to visit primed.com slash podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Your 10 a.m. appointment this morning is Jack, a 72-year-old male. He's new to your practice. Fortunately, Jack is healthy with no current chronic diseases. He tells you that about 10, 15 years ago, he started taking a baby aspirin for his health. He has not had any side effects or problems with the aspirin since then. He's otherwise up to date on his preventive screenings. Should Jack continue to take baby aspirin for prevention? Hi. This is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Jillian Joseph, physician assistant and clinical instructor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the UMass Chan Medical School and associate professor in PA studies at the Mass College of Pharmacy. Good morning, Jillian. Good morning, Frank. Boy, Jack's terrific, 72 years old, has no problems, takes one pill a day, and he's wondering if he should keep taking it. Um, he was probably in his, in his 50s when he started taking that aspirin. Do you think Jack has benefited from taking aspirin for the last 15 years? That's a good question, and I think it's really unusual for folks to get to that age uh, without any major medical issues, right, in my experience anyway. But so how much did the aspirin really help, I think is difficult to determine. So if we look a little bit at the history of aspirin use, you know, about 10, 15 years ago, aspirin was recommended for prevention of heart disease and colorectal cancer. And then about five years ago, the USPSTF released those recommendations to say that adults with a high 10-year ASCVD risk, they should probably take baby aspirin for primary prevention of coronary disease and colorectal cancer, as long as they don't have increased risk for bleeding, they'll live at least 10 more years, and they're willing to take the aspirin for 10 years, right? And now we have newer recommendations, which are still in progress from USPSTF, but draft tells us that the evidence now shows for adults between the ages of 40 and 59, even if they're at high risk for cardiovascular disease, the benefit of taking aspirin for those folks is small, and so you really should individualize the decision. They also recommend against using aspirin for primary prevention in adults over 60. All right, so at the time, we made, someone made some good recommendations for Jack, and now we've got, we've got some new data. Jack's older. What are the risks of him continuing with the aspirin if he's otherwise healthy? Did he get any cancer reduction from taking that aspirin? Yeah, so now that he's older, we know that, you know, based on the draft recommendations, the USPSTF is going to recommend against aspirin for him, for patients like him, because the risk outweighs the benefit there. When we talk about risk, the biggest thing to worry about is, uh, of course, increased bleeding, right? But there was an, a recent publication from Journal of National Cancer Institute, which discussed the ASPRI trial, which was conducted in the US and Australia on about 19,000 patients older than 70 that were healthy. So they had no dementia, no coronary vascular disease, no physical disability. And so the ASPRI trial was a randomized controlled trial where half of the folks received an enteric coated aspirin daily and half didn't. And they ended up stopping the trial after about three years, actually, because there was an increase in all-cause mortality in the aspirin group. 
So after review, they determined that while the incidental cancer rate was similar for the two groups in this trial, cancer mortality was higher for the folks who were taking aspirin. And they had higher rates of metastatic cancer and higher rates of stage four cancer. So for Jack, who's otherwise healthy to this point in his life, this information could uh, tell us that continuing the aspirin might affect his mortality should he develop a malignancy going forward. The um, point to remember is that although uh, this risk is there, the increase in this risk is small. So about an extra 1.5 deaths from cancer per 1,000 person years when you compare the risk of mortality from other causes. It's so ironic that in health, in medicine, we try to make decisions based upon the best evidence we have at the time. And whoever recommended this recommended it based upon the best evidence. And now we realize that there may have been, and you just described, uh, cancer harm from our, our, our suggestion. What do you think about things going forward? What's the evidence say in particular about cardiovascular changes? Mm -hmm. As we've already talked about, the recommendations for prevention um, using aspirin for coronary artery disease and colorectal cancer uh, are being updated, right? But some of the questions they're looking at include whether aspirin helps to reduce cardiovascular disease and colorectal cancer incidence and mortality or all-cause mortality in adults over 40 without known coronary vascular disease. So they also hope to determine whether the effect varies between different age groups or dosing or duration of use. So I hope that they'll continue to look at evidence, especially for older patients, because as our population ages, so much more important to have more evidence for them. Um, and especially evidence like this they found in the ASPRI trial, which talks about just more risks than bleeding. All right, so we take him off his aspirin. Should we recommend he take a vitamin or, you know, a supplement or anything like that? Mm, my personal preference is for people to get the nutrition that they need through diet. Um, and so I don't generally recommend vitamins or supplements for folks who are otherwise healthy and have a balanced diet unless they are you know, super gung-ho about it. And if so, then I always recommend that they're taking um, vitamins rather than supplements because supplements often are not um, FDA regulated and so you never really know what you're getting in there. Um, but for our patient that we talked about during the podcast, I would say, you made it this far, man. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Wear your seatbelt, yeah. Yes. I, I agree, thank you. All right, well, first visit with Jack. What are you going to say to him? Yeah, I think Jack should probably stop his aspirin use. So all of this evidence is pretty uh, convincing for him. We know there's definitely not evidence to support continuing the aspirin, right? Um, especially for healthy folks like Jack. So I would base my decision on that and recommend that he stop the aspirin going forward. I love to take away medications for my older patients, right? It's a big focus for me personally. So I think this is a really great time to reduce his pill burden too. I couldn't agree more. I think Jack is definitely ready to come off this and congratulate him on his wonderful health. And, and by seeing you today, his health just got better. Jillian, excellent job. Thanks so much. Thank you. Practice pointer. Consider discontinuing aspirin use in otherwise healthy patients who are taking it for the primary prevention of heart disease or cancer. Join us next time when we talk about screening for atrial fibrillation and the dangers it may incur.
Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcasts and see you next week.